Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Breaking Beauty, the podcast all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. We're your hosts, Jill Dunn and Carlene Higgins. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. That is Breaking Beauty Podcast. And if you're tuning in for the first time, I am one of your co-hosts, Jill Dunn. I'm here virtually with my co-host, Carlene Higgins. Hey, Carlene. Hey, Jill. Hey, guys. So we're two longtime beauty editors turned podcasters. And, you know, we're always talking about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. And we definitely have a breakthrough personality today. It's super beauty influencer, Jackie Ina. We've been wanting to have Jackie on the mic for like at least a year now. So it's really exciting. The universe delivered. Hallelujah. So Jackie is a 33-year-old Los Angeles-based YouTuber, and she started her channel in 2009. And really her whole MO with her channel is that she's trying to change the standard of beauty one tutorial at a time. Jackie now has more than 3.5 million subscribers and her videos have earned upwards of 350 million views. When I think about the top 10 beauty YouTubers in the game, Jackie is most definitely topping that list. She was the first ever YouTuber to be honored with the NAACP Image Award. Plus, she's won Glamour Magazine's Woman of the Year Award and she's collaborated on makeup collections with brands like Anastasia Beverly Hills and Too Faced, where she really set out to create more inclusive palettes and shades. Plus, she's done videos with the likes of model Halima Aiden and Naomi Campbell. Naomi Campbell, people. I mean, you know you've made it when. And Jackie's rise to success is really all about her personality. She's so fun to watch on camera. Legit LOLs during so many of her videos. I love the way she like edits in those memes. And then she does have the makeup skills to back it up, you know, the trifecta. Absolutely. And, you know, I really love how her content has evolved, especially in the last few years. She really has something to say and she's really trying to make the beauty YouTube community more inclusive all around. She's not afraid to take a stand. Like a few years ago, I remember when Kylie Cosmetics came out with her makeup line and it was meant to be inclusive and diverse. Yet when the PR packages were sent out, they left out black creators and Jackie's going, okay, wait a minute, what's going on here? And called it out. And that's risky for a creator, right? Who relies on these relationships. Absolutely. But that's her. And I love that she takes a stand. 
So big news this week. It's Leo season and Jackie is thriving. She just now launched her first ever brand. It's called Forever Mood. And no, it's not a makeup brand, although we know that's in the works too. Forever Mood is a lifestyle brand debuting with a line of 100% coconut soy wax candles. And good news, if you're a super fan anywhere in the world, they are shipping internationally. They're really pretty pastels, each of the candles. Like they're going to look so good in like a flat or like on your nightstand. The scents are all really gourmand. Like they all smell good enough to eat. What really cracked me up when I was reading the press kit, one of the candles is called Left on Red. So shady. And it says it's a coconut caramel scented candle with notes of tropical fruit intended to provide comfort on lonely nights. So the idea is instead of dipping into your pint of Haagen-Dazs, you're just going to like light a candle and try to forget the guy. Yeah. Or do both, do both. Yeah. <laughs> and along that same self-care vibe, there's also silk pillowcases and headbands. So right now, you know, it's kind of lifestyle, like I said, but she does plan to expand into other categories as well. So, you know, stay tuned for that. There's going to be fragrances and skincare. This is just like a little sampler platter of what's to come. So let's get into our chat with Jackie. In today's episode, you're going to hear about how she is personally affecting change when it comes to diversity in the beauty industry. And blazing trails for fellow persons of color. She also shares her top shelf skincare secrets, plus her top makeup tips for shade matching foundation and helping your makeup last all damn day. We also find out which Instagram story filter she's currently obsessed with. We know you guys are going to want to download that. Don't forget that every single thing we mention when we're chatting with Jackie, we will list that over on our blog at breakingbeautypodcast.com. Here she is, Jackie Ina. Okay, so first of all, Jackie, how are you? A little sweaty right now, <laughs> but I'm doing good. <laughs> I'm I'm like exhausted, like excited all at the same time, but I'm doing well. What about both of you? Right now, I'm just trying not to go, Jackie, 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 Jackie. It's oh, so hard when it is. It's such a signature. It's like the best thing ever, which puts me instantly in a good mood when I see one of your videos. So, we wanted to get into a little bit of your beauty musts, of course. And we always like to get a little insight into when your obsession with beauty started. So, going way back, do you remember like what your first product obsession was, like in high school or even grade school? So for me, my earliest beauty obsession was definitely fragrance. And I know it's a little offbeat, but when I was a kid, as early as like eight, nine, I had a condition called hyperhidrosis. And so I didn't know it was a condition. I didn't know there was like a name for this, but it's basically someone who is an excess sweater. That sounded like sweater as in like a cardigan. No, like someone who sweats <laughs> profusely. So I would sweat a lot and my mom had it too. And so, you know, like when you're a kid, like, first of all, our kids are just mean, they're evil. So you get teased. And like, that was just like one more thing to be embarrassed about and really shy about. So my earliest memory of beauty was like bonding with my mom through like different fragrances that we would wear to try to like, you know, mask it. Because, you know, growing up, like we didn't have a ton of money. We couldn't afford like luxury bags, luxury cars or shoes, but you could afford a luxury fragrance. Like that was like the closest thing to like having something really, really nice. So my, definitely my earliest memory of like being into beauty was through fragrance. And I was 
always fascinated by makeup. I was just like really too shy to wear it because like I didn't want to put it on and look crazy. So I feel like fragrance came first and then somewhere in there makeup was like something I was really fascinated by, but wasn't bold enough to like actually like indulge in it. But fashion was like really my thing. I would draw, sketch, design, and my mom was a seamstress. So she would like make the clothes for me. I designed my prom gown. Like she, we, me, and and it was always something that I did with my mom. So that's something that I really love too. And ironically, she was a very light makeup wearer. She would literally only wear lipstick and earrings, lipstick and earrings. That was her only thing. And she would always tell me if you ever need to pick me up, all you need is a good pair of earrings and a good lipstick and you're good. And what was the fragrance? You'd walk in the room and Jackie, what was that smell? The earliest one that I remember us being like really obsessed with was Dolce & Gabbana Light Blue. I remember that being one of our favorites. I remember us wearing Escada. I know she hated Chanel. That was one thing I remember. And to this day, I still hate Chanel fragrances because of her. I hate, like, it just doesn't work with our body chemistry. But yeah, I remember those. I think she probably wore a little bit of Ralph Lauren too. But yeah, we were like fragrant snobs, honey. We would just be like, (laughs) yeah. And she would, she would explain to me like fragrance notes and like, what things work better, you know, on different, she explained to me like how the body chemistry worked. And it was just like a really, really like bougie way to like bond with her. And yeah, it just made me feel really good. If some of our listeners aren't that familiar with your backstory, can you let everyone know how you got into beauty and YouTube? And because you were actually in the military for a bit as well, right? Yes. Yes. So my story is like a hot mess, (laughs) but as you, as you know, like a lot of us don't have like one linear path to success. Like it's curves, it's bumps, girls, mountains, it's traffic, it's closed lanes, it's all kind of crazy stuff. So basically I was always really heavily, you know, into arts and beauty and fashion. I thought was my life calling when I was young was to literally like go to FITM and study fashion and become like either a designer or like a merchandiser or something and the fashion industry. So, you know, your parents sit you down and you're like 16, 17. They're like, what are you going to do with your life? And I'm just like, um, duh, you guys know, like, I'm going to study fashion. Like, why are you going to ask me this? Like, hello. But the problem is like, one of my parents is an immigrant. He's from Nigeria. Okay. So when you explain to, you know, like a black American parent, an African-American parent, you want to go down a graded field. They may be more open to it. They may be a little judgy. It just depends on who you ask, right? Nigerians, on the other hand, when you tell them you're going, especially your parents, when you tell them you're going to the creative field, they're like, absolutely not. They're like, I don't know <laughs> what you think you're going to do, but you're not doing that. So basically he sat me down, basically told me if you want to have any help or any assistance as a young adult, Like you're either going to go to school and become a pharmacist and we will help you do that. Or you can do your fashion thing, but you're on your own and you're cut off when you're 18. And ironically, I don't know what the hell he was cutting me off from. It's not like he made a lot of money either, but that's what he told me. (laughs) So I'm like 17. I'm like hearing this, like, I mean, yeah, sure. Pharmacy sounds great. So I'm like looking up pharmacy schools, but then I kind of like talked myself into it because I'm like, well, I can live on campus. So that's another incentive to get out of here. So I was even more excited So I basically started looking at the Cal State. I got into Cal State San Bernardino. Two years in, I'm supposed to be a pre-med major. A year and a half later, I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. I cannot do this anymore. I couldn't do it. The traditional university just was not working for me. I was so used to being like smaller class sizes. And like, I was so used to like, I think someone being on me. And like, once I had freedom, 
and I lived on campus and no one was like literally on me. I just couldn't do it anymore. So I'm dating this guy at the time who I ended up marrying and then divorcing later on, but that's a long story. But I'm dating this guy at the time. <laughs> this is juicy. Yes, yes there's, so, there's so much tea in this story. So I'm dating this guy and he's in the army. He had joined, like, I think it was like within his first year. And I don't have like a military, I don't come from like a military family. So the idea of even being in the military was just so different from like my upbringing and like what I was exposed to. So when I'm like talking to him and I'm like venting, I'm like, school sucks. Like I'm failing half my classes. And, you know, it was like, it was a very, very rough transition for me because I went from like graduating honors to like failing a lot of my university classes. Like something was going on with me and I was just explaining to him and he was just like randomly blurting out like, oh, why don't you just join the army? I was just like, boy, bye. Why would I join the army? Like, what am I going to be? What am I going to do in the army? But then like after that conversation, I remember thinking about it and I was just like, well, he has stability. Like he gets to meet people. He gets to travel the world. Like he is doing something that like I viewed at the time as like giving back to his community. So I was just like, I mean, why can't I join the army? Like I started to really think about it. So I joined the reserves, which basically means I was like part-time army. And we moved to Hawaii and he's active duty. So he's full-time. And because I was reserves, I had a lot of free time on my hands. And also because we were married and not happily married, I also had a lot of, a lot of free time on my hands. So this is around 2009. We're living in Hawaii and I don't have work. I don't have any money. YouTube is like booming and I'm really into it. I watched a lot of content, but I wasn't really interested in being on camera. Ironically, I was not like, I'm a Leo, but I just didn't feel like putting myself out there like that. But it was really my best friend that was like, well, I mean, I know how much you love makeup and you love doing your looks. Why don't you just create videos? I rejected it so much, but then I was like, well, I'm not really doing anything else. So I guess I could. So I actually uploaded, like got on camera, talked to the camera, uploaded my first tutorial. And that's kind of where it took off. Look at you now. You're like a beauty content veteran. I mean, it's been 11 years since you uploaded that first video. So like, how has it changed since you first started? Sounds like you were doing more like almost like tutorials or, hey guys, if you have my skin tone, this is a look that I love to do and look how easy it is to do. So how is it, how has it sort of evolved since then? So because now the climate of like beauty is I feel like everybody already knows how to do their own makeup. People that are like 11 are skipping the awkward phase now because they're just like walking into middle school beats, like cheekbones popping. I'm just like, damn girl, what highlighter did you use? Girl, like who gave you money for it? I remember back in like 2009, 2011-ish, if I uploaded a how to do my eyebrow tutorial, it was like guaranteed to go viral. Guaranteed. Nowadays, it's like, girl, like you could have kept that. We already know how to do that. You, we're, we're good. Yeah. You need, to, you need to step it up, Ma. Like, we're already doing our brows, okay? But yeah. Yeah. I feel like tutorials back then were definitely more educational. Now, I definitely feel like people tune in more for the personality. They turn in more for the yeah. looks, you know, the commentary, the reactions. Even, you know, I, I like to use a lot of like reactionary comment, like memes and it's you so know, funny. funny. <laughs> it's people love that stuff, but it keeps their attention going. I, I feel like people just come for the fun now and like, 
yeah, I'm just for the personality. I was checking out your top like handful of videos and three out of six of them are the trends you're leaving behind in the new year. So that's like a recurring, you know, episode that you do. So what's a 2020 trend you already know you're going to be leaving behind in 2021? As far as like beauty goes, Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, I feel like I said goodbye to my toenails this year because I haven't got a pedicure in like five months. So that too, <laughs> throw that in there too. My big toenail on my left foot is still growing back. I agree. Haven't had a pedicure in like six months. <laughs> I know. I miss- bye, bye pedicures. <laughs> my feet look Leaving rough. you behind. I, yeah, I mean, I feel like, honestly, I do feel like for me at least, and not even just because of the pandemic, I actually really did say goodbye to nail salons. I don't even go to nail salons anymore, especially right now, like the germs and just the, and I'm a licensed cosmetologist. So I see a lot sometimes more than I wish I could. And I'm just like, you're really going to drop that tool and not sanitize it and reuse it again. Okay. I'm not coming back here. Hey, Breaking Beauty fam. I want to break for just a moment to tell you about a really cool prescription skincare company that's been helping me reach my skincare goals during quarantine in partnership with our friends at Apostrophe. So Apostrophe is an online prescription skincare company that simply connects people with board-certified dermatologists who are able to issue skincare prescriptions virtually. Is there anything the internet can't do? That's what I want to know. For myself, I have fine lines, redness, and pigmentation. So I filled out an online questionnaire going over my exact skin concerns and medical history. I sent through selfies of my bare face from each angle, broken capillaries and all. And within 24 hours, a real dermatologist, Dr. Jin Lee is her name, got back to me with a customized regimen of what to use. It included tretinoin, also known as Retin-A or prescription strength retinol. My personalized plan included when and how to use it in my daily morning and evening routine, which products to avoid that could cause a reaction, and tips for protecting my skin in the sun. I feel like I got even more info than I have visiting a germ in real life. I personally love that I didn't have to go to a drugstore to pick up my prescription. And the reality is that as much as we'd like it, traditionally, dermatologists haven't been accessible to everyone. So the fact that we now have apostrophe to offer affordable and easy access, plus skincare prescriptions delivered straight to your door, it's just a total breakthrough. And we have an exclusive offer for you guys. You too can get your first visit with a board-certified dermatologist on apostrophe.com for free with the code BEAUTY. This code is only available to Breaking Beauty listeners and you won't find it anywhere else. We'll link to the offer in our show notes and on our blog. Use the code BEAUTY at sign up and get the visit free. To get started, go to apostrophe.com and click begin visit. And now back to today's guest. So that's what's happening in content creator world. Now let's talk about beauty business stuff. There's been so much going on in the past couple of years, especially with diversity in the industry. And I feel like, you know, it started with like 40 shades and now it's really morphed into the conversation that you've been a big part of with Pull Up for Change. You were really vocal about this early on. And I know some people thought you started it. I saw, I watched your video that where you sort of clarified about Sharon Shooter, but tell us like, you know, in a nutshell, what that's about, why you got involved and why you wanted to speak on this. Well, first of all, I love Sharon. She is incredibly resourceful. She knows a ton about the industry and she's also just 
a boss. Like I just really admire her and all that she does. So when she initially presented the hashtag pull for change opportunity to me, initiative, I should say, basically she wanted brands to put their money where their mouth is. Like, it's not enough to just say, yeah, Black Lives Matter, woo, we're on your side. Like, what does that actually look like? And I feel like, especially being, you know, American, like we oftentimes don't address a lot of the very secretive and like, like covert racism that we deal with. And so like pull up for change was literally a way to spotlight that and, you know, put that on front street so that we can start confronting the brands who say they support black lives, but don't actually do it in the corporate world, in their hiring practices, in, you know, in their pay, like, like how they promote their employees. Like there's so many different ways that we can start actually showing how black lives matter. And, you know, that, that initiative was a way to confront that. So the reason why I was so vocal about that in the beginning is one, because I think it was incredible. Like, I feel like that's the work that needed to be done. And I kind of feel like for most Black people, it was like what we were all thinking anyway. It's like, like I can I can only imagine how many people saw some of those Black squares on their grids on Instagram when Blackout Tuesday was going on. Mm-hmm. And how many of those people saw that coming from someone who maybe said racial epithets to them in the past or maybe fired them for having natural hair. You know what I mean? So when you see stuff like that and you're like, oh, Black Lives Matter now, huh? Like, so I think that was the most excellent response to that because it allowed us to literally be like, okay, put your money where your mouth is. Like, how do Black Lives Matter? Mm -hmm. And how do you implement that? I think what she did was really great. And I think it was also really cool to see how it was like, kind of like, it became like a domino effect because not only were beauty like companies doing this and participating, it turned into like fashion. I saw like restaurants doing it. I was like, wow, Sharon really freaking did Mm -hmm. that. Like it went viral, viral, like global. And I was getting, you know, text messages from people that were like not really in agreement with it. And I was just like, I mean, I don't know what you want me to say, but like, if you feel some type of way about being held accountable, you might be part of the problem. Talk about affecting change. You exactly. know? Your personal take on it. Do you think it has affected change? I think in the long run, possibly. I think we definitely saw a lot of immediate changes. So my way to participate in that is I posted something on Twitter basically saying, hey, if you are trying to get into the beauty world and you want to get hired, please drop me your resume, email it to me. I set up a completely separate email account, resume related stuff. And I said, email me here, send me your resume and I will, you know, like I know a lot of these beauty brands personally, I'll just reach out myself and, you know, try to like at least make the connection, put in a good word for you. And I've done it before. So like, I wouldn't mind doing this again. We got like 200 Mm -hmm. resumes. So I was just like, whoa, wow. And yeah, we immediately, like within a week of me doing that, I definitely saw some people that were reaching out. I saw some people that were getting interviews. Like some of these companies, I just reached out to directly. Like Sunday Riley, I just emailed, like DM'd her. I said, hey, I don't think I have a contact with you guys, but you know, a follower of mine wants to get a job and she told me she applied and you know, what can I do to expedite if anything? And she said, yeah, I would love to. I literally emailed them and the girl got hired. I know that a lot of brands watch what I'm doing. That's what I'm definitely very hyper aware of because I also realized like, some of the companies that I didn't even actually personally reach out to were hiring people based on my Twitter threads. Like they were just going through the thread, reaching out to them directly. You know, I did another one where I was talking about 
oh, if you're a publicist and, and you're in the UK, then drop your info below. And I know for a fact, people definitely saw that. And brands definitely saw that because people were telling me like, hey, I got opportunities off of that. Thank you to everyone who tagged me in that thread. So, and I'm not to say that I mm-hmm. was the single-handed person who, mm-hmm. you know, helped mm-hmm. inspire that. But I am saying for me directly, that was one of the few examples that I did see of some immediate change. Now, whether or not this is consistent and persistent, I'll never know. I don't know. But you know what? Like, I, I feel like the work that we're trying to do now is being done. And I can only imagine the stuff that Sharon has done because she is so connected behind the scenes with a lot of these, a lot of these brands as well. So I'm, I'm sure there's definitely more needle moving that she, you know, has personally contributed to. Absolutely. But, you know, yeah. as with anything, things, you know, you just have to, you just, I think only time will tell. Yeah. And I think it's interesting, like what Aurora James was doing with the 15% pledge, I believe Sephora signed up for that. So it's just getting these brands in front of more people because it's, it's like, why not? Why, why can't there be more black owned brands at places like Sephora, Ulta, Target? So I think that that's huge as well when they're co- making that Absolutely. commitment in public to have that follow through. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any brands that you that you think are doing a good job of being an ally right now? Like I definitely try to make that very clear like in some of the content that I create. But here's the thing though, like personally for me and this is probably going to be controversial, I don't believe in my giving cookies for being a good ally. Like I don't even know what that means. Like I just feel like that mm-hmm. is something that you should be doing regard like that's just something that you should be doing. It's like when people thank me for doing the work that I do, I don't feel like I need to be thanked. I feel like we should all collectively you know, be advocating for the same things. Like, yeah, there are some people that I'm like, all right, you know, like I see what you're doing and I'm definitely proud and, you know, I appreciate it. But at the same time, sometimes you also have to really be careful because when people get too complacent or when you make them feel like they're doing too good of a job, they get comfortable and sometimes they take that for granted. So I don't necessarily think it's, productive to give like ally cookies (laughs) to people. I mean, like there have definitely, there are, there have definitely been times in my content where I've said, Hey, I'm going to use this brand because I feel like they're doing better. I feel like I've seen Mm -hmm. improvements. I honestly can't say what a perfect ally looks like. I don't know because Mm -hmm. maybe a Mm -hmm. part of me is always going to be skeptical. Maybe a part of me is always going to be cautious, but yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, th- I, that's just Fair. the best. That's And that's just being Black in America. That's just the best. That's just the best way that I can put it, honestly. And so now you're a brand founder yourself with Forever Mood. Yay! Yay! <laughs> First brand ever. How's it all been going? So it's been hectic, chaotic scary, fun, really exciting though, mainly really exciting. Like, especially when you have something and you can't talk about it. And like my job is to literally talk about stuff for a living. It's just like dying inside. (laughs) And I'm so glad that people finally know about it and they know what it is and it's out there in the world now. Because yeah, this was like a couple years in the making. It was something that we initially started in 2018. And then when we did start it, it was like not really picking up traction. We had started working with this manufacturer 
and which was really great. They were a really great manufacturer. They already have their own brand, their own in-house candle brand, and they make really good candles. But the ones that I was trying to curate, like, it just wasn't really what I was looking for at the time. So we had been working on it for about six months, and then we decided to put it on hold. Fast forward to a year, me and my fiance, we're doing this as partners, we're doing this together. We started talking about, you know, what it would look like, look like to possibly restart it again. So, and then the pandemic hit and we were like, oh, now we, now we really need to get it popping. Cause I don't know about you guys, but I burn candles like every 30 seconds, like every 30 seconds, every day. I feel like every day I'm burning through a new candle. I mean, they're not that, you know, they don't burn that quick, but yeah. I love candles yeah. and I, I really do spend a lot of my time you know, relaxing, studying, reading, editing while I'm burning candles. So mm-hmm. here we are. Yeah, that makes sense. So who did you call up to go, hey, how do I do this? How do I start a beauty brand? Did you have like someone you relied on that you really trusted for that? Yes. Okay. So I am, so I am working on the makeup thing. I mean, everybody knows this is no secret on a, on a completely different side note, which will be independent from the candle lifestyle brand that we have now Forever Mood. So we started working on the makeup lines like years and years in the making. And ironically, the first person who, well, it's not ironic at all because I love him, but Jared Blandino was like, you need, you need connections. Like you want to work with this lab? He was like done. And he was like, they don't really work with people like unless they're vetted or recommended. So Mm -hmm. he has been like, super helpful. And like, I, I'm really, really grateful for that because anytime I need help with anything, honey, contracts, like negotiations, rates for things. And also Pat McGrath, same exact thing. I love her. And she is just so supportive, helpful. Like she literally told me to walk away from things like, don't do that. Don't sign that. And yeah, I would say between Pat and Jared, they've been the most mentor-like. And Sharon as well, actually. She gives me a lot of really, really great advice. They've been the most mentor-like figures for me with makeup. The candles, however, we had literally no one. (laughs) We had no one. We had to find out (laughs) everything, literally, like, just by happenstance and, you know, just by asking around. But it wasn't like, oh, like, yeah, I have this plug here. It was like, I know someone. Who I think knows someone. Let me ask. You know, it was kind of like that. I had no, I don't know anybody that that creates candles. So right, we pretty much had to like trial and error, find out on our own. The descriptions are so funny, and I do need to ask you: Were any of them, or were you ever tempted to call any of them like old flame, like after an old boyfriend or anything like that? I wasn't, but I like it now. You might have just inspired me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like it. So add me to your list of mentors so that we've got Pat McGrath, Jill Dunn. No, no joke. <laughs> so we got to talk about some beauty stuff, yes. obviously. Beauty queen. So let's start with skincare. What's your number one all-time favorite skincare product? Hashtag Ooh. not paid. Okay. Does it have to be one though? Uh, okay, we'll take, three, we'll take more than one. Three is good. Sure. All right. All right. Okay. So (laughs) I feel like this answer is specific to me as a dark skinned woman because I have, you know, unique needs for skincare. I feel like everybody needs a retinol, a good retinol. But especially Mm -hmm. if you have dark skin, just to help with the evening of the complexion and to help with like scars and dark marks. Retinol has been like 
a game changer for me. So the one that I use is actually one that my esthetician makes. And her line is called Guidance to Glow. It's incredible. I feel like it's strong enough, but gentle enough. It's like somewhere right in the middle. It's Mm -hmm. like life-changing. And then because I love exfoliants, and no, you don't obviously use these together because that would be horrible for your skin. I'm going to say the Dermalogica um, Daily Microfoliant. And yeah. yes, I do work with them. This is not a paid placement, though. I, I genuinely actually really, really love that product. It's my favorite exfoliant. Yeah. It's a physical and it's a chemical exfoliant. But once I learned the differences between the two, I was like, it all makes sense now. Because <laughs> physical exfoliants just don't really do much for me. So um, even mm-hmm. though, it, like I said, it is both. But that chemical, like that, you know, the acid working in it, oh, mm-hmm. God, just... It literally changed my life. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say those two products. And I do love a, a good hyaluronic acid. So that's another bonus. Yeah. Do you have a favorite? Well, my esthetician makes my, my favorite hyaluronic acid too. So okay. guidance to glow. It's really, yeah. it's like a copper okay. complex peptide. Don't ask me what that means. Yeah. But it, she just said the copper like boosts yeah. it, I guess. So it's really, really good. How about sunscreen? I do love a sunscreen. I love a couple. So mm. I just recently started trying one from Bold and Beauty and they're a Black-owned skincare brand. It's actually really good. It feels like a nice moisture balancing. I have it on right now. It's like really moisture balancing. It's sheer on the skin. The Biosance, the new one that they just came out with. And I also like the Dermalogica one because they have this like little sparkly glow in it. It gives you like a nice healthy Mm -hmm. sheen. Is that the Prisma Protect or the other one? Yes, the Prisma Protect. That's the Prisma Protect, yes. I'm I'm wearing that one right Ooh. now myself. Doesn't it have like a little <laughs> yeah, nice glowy one. like? It yeah. does. It's, yeah. it's kind of hydrating yeah, it has though. A slight. Is it just me? Yeah. It's kind of. It's it's like when I'm a little drier, I use that one. Yeah, I'm a little on the dry side, Got so it. I like that one because it feels kind of like a daily moisturizer. Exactly. You know. Agreed. And that and the new Biosance one is so mm-hmm. good too. The mineral one feels like a daily moisturizer. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. What about your hair care routine? What products do you love to use and why? So it depends on what hair we talking. Cause you know, I love wigs <laughs> yeah. and mm-hmm. I go back and forth between wigs and my natural hair. I've also been doing a lot of protective styles now that we're in quarantine. Mm-hmm. So for my natural hair, I use a lot of curls. That's the name of the brand is curls. They have this cashmere and caviar line god it smells it honestly smells like the entrance to the gates of heaven that's what that line smells like <laughs> like if i imagine i believe what the entrance you to the gates of heaven smells like it smells like that line it smells so good mm-hmm. and it's really hydrating amazing for moisture retention if you have like fine i have really fine hair but i have really dense hair so mm-hmm. it's like if the product is too moisturizing it'll weigh my hair down if it's not moisturizing enough it'll be really dry. So I find it, it's like the perfect balance and it smells incredible. Mm-hmm. I do use a lot of different stuff when it comes to my hair, but I feel like I'm the most loyal to probably curls, the main choice. I also really like the main choice and their stuff smells really good. I just recently started using Camille Rose Naturals. Oh, Their stuff smells okay. really good too. Yeah, yeah. For my wigs, I mean... Every girl uses gotta be every, anything from gotta be for wigs. That's oh, really like on mm-hmm. it. Yes. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I feel like gotta be 
woke up one day and their stock prices probably surged because everybody started using their free spray for wigs. And <laughs> now that's like literally all we use. Are you but, talking about like the old school, like G-O-T-T? Yes. Oh my God, really? Yes. I did not know that. Every wig girl is, isn't it's an every wig girl's cabinet. The freeze hold spray and that yellow gel that they have, the freeze gel, I don't know what the gel is called, but yes. But the stuff from like the eighties or something. Okay. Love it. Love it. We have so many questions. Let's keep going. A drugstore buy, a fave hashtag not paid drugstore buy that you have like you got to have double for makeup for for makeup for makeup um i'm gonna say nyx butter glosses they're really Mm. hydrating they come in like every color ever invented they smell really good yeah yeah Yeah. they're really nice what's the number one tip they ask you for they're like jackie i'm dealing with this can you help me or what product should i buy like what advice for makeup or beauty do you give the most? My best tip, number one, for shade matching is always do it on the center of the chest. Do not shade match on your hand. Do not shade match on your wrist. Don't even shade match on your jaw or your cheek or on your face, on your neck. Please do not shade match on your neck. That is canceled. I always say (laughs) do it to right at the center of your chest because you want your face to match your body. Mm -hmm. And my face is like, like, especially when you have darker skin, like most of us tend to have a bunch of different complexions all in our face. So it tends to be a little bit darker around the hairline and the perimeter, sometimes around the jawline, like myself, I have hyperpigmentation there. Definitely a little uh, brighter, like towards the center of the face. So if I were to match on my face, it would just be really complicated. Stick to the center of the chest. You more than likely will almost always get a perfect match. And um, I always say like, if your chest is a little lighter, uh, what you can do is you can overcompensate by like highlighting with concealer. You know, that's why we use different colors and we shade and we um, highlight because we want to make up for the dimensions in our face and our body too. So you can always do that. Yeah. I love that about your videos. You have such a good understanding of like color theory and undertone. And even I was laughing on your Instagram stories the other day when you put up that Dior bag and you're like, guys, what color is this? And pretty much everybody said the wrong color. And you're like, no, no it was gray. this no, is guys, white. No, you guys, it was, it was actually gray. Yeah. It was. It was? I thought it, it was gray. But the bag, I swear to you, there were so many people that was like, I see green in that bag. And I was like, thank you. I see green in the bag too. But yeah. no, it turns out apparently in person, it actually looks like that. Oh, there. okay. Okay. Well, you should still <laughs> buy it anyway. <laughs> what color did you think it was? Did I thought it was, was like you. Yeah, I did. I thought it was like sage green. Exactly. Th- this this so is like the yellow, yellow, blue dress, like dress of uh, <laughs> 2020. <I know. laughs> well, let's get your top tip on how to make your makeup last all day. And then we're going to do a quick round of rapid okay. fire. So how to get your makeup to last all day. So my number one tip is definitely applying like a oil controlling primer. Not not necessarily mattifying. Not necessarily mattifying. Because I've learned when you fight the oil in your skin, it actually makes you more oilier. Mm-hmm. So use something that's more oil, oil balancing or, you know, like hydrating, right? Not dewy, but hydrating. And mm-hmm. then my number one, Jackie Ina, like pretty much staple at this point is I always put a translucent powder over my primer. I, so I set my primer before I do foundation. Mm, wow. Bomb. I saw you do that and I was like, what is she doing? Never seen that in my it's life. controversial, but you know what? It works. Like it just keeps it cute. Because you know what? <laughs> to me, 
I don't know if you guys remember, like, back in the day, like, people used to blot before they would apply foundation. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. So, to me, yeah. that's kind of, like, the equivalent, but it makes it even more sturdy. And there's there's actually, like, a, a lot of other things that I do for long wearability. I believe it's not just one off, a one-off tip. I think it's a whole technique to yeah. it. Like, I will right. spray the brush, my foundation brush, with the setting powder and the foundation, and then I'll apply it instead of like setting as a final step. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. So there's a couple different things, yeah. but that's just like one of the few things that I do. Amazing. So many hats. Love it. I know. We're going to move on to the <laughs> rapid fire because we know you got to go. So who's your favorite person or account to follow on Instagram right now that might not be at the top of everyone's algorithm yet? You know what? I love Ming Lee on on Instagram. She's everything. And she just recently had a baby like a couple years ago. She's fun. She's always posted up in her cute wig. She owns a hair salon and she makes wigs as well. And yeah, I love her. She's really sweet. Okay. Okay, cool. We're going we're gonna to link to that on our blog so you guys can find her too. What's your favorite Instagram filter and why? Oh, okay. So I am a weirdo and I just started using filters like six months ago. So I don't know the name, but it's definitely probably one that doesn't make me look ashy because I don't know why these tech people make these filters, make black people look ashy, but they make everybody else look tan and cute. They make black people look purple and gray. No, thank you. But there's one. Do you want me to pull it up and tell you the name of yeah. it right now? Yeah. Let me pull it up. We all, right this now. is, this is the thing. Yeah. We need some people are going to want to actually a thing. Diversity at Instagram. Filter. Yeah. Okay. So one of them is called this one is called no not that one I look ashy okay this one is called coconut cream that's a really cute like it, it's one that kind of like mutes all the colors out and makes it look yep. really aesthetically pleasing mm-hmm. but it's called coconut cream you know they're gonna ask you to make your own filter next oh, right instagram's gonna come I calling would, there's nothing i would love more you need a forever you need the forever me. mood filter that would be oh, so good on Instagram. On. Yes. On, oh, that you are? are okay, good. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what's something that always makes you laugh? Probably my fiance because of his accent. Like accents aren't funny. It's just, it's just, he's funny. And when he says things, and sometimes we have a little bit of a language barrier because like he's British and his slang is completely different to stuff we say here. Yeah. And he's just, mm-hmm. yeah, my fiance always makes me laugh. He always makes me laugh. He's my best friend in the entire world. and He's hilarious. And very it. silly. Yeah. Love it. Bloody hell. Is he always saying that? The British, <laughs> the British have so many funny, cheeky sayings. It is I know. hilarious. What is something that makes you uncomfortable? Probably most most men that are like hitting on me or flirting with me when it's unwarranted. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably say uninvited flirting. When someone's doing the whole like, you're a YouTuber, you're a YouTuber, and you can see like, the the glow like their pupils start to dilate when they find out I'm a YouTuber like if I'm meeting someone for the ter- first time that makes me uncomfortable too because then I, I'm like oh great now I, now I stand out thanks this is this is awkward <laughs> can we change the subject please yeah like I, look I I just I just wanted I just wanted tic tac uh, like <laughs> I just came here for gum <laughs> sir and now you're asking me for my resume can I please get the gum thank you. <laughs> Um, what's something doesn't have to be beauty related that you are currently completely obsessed with and you haven't had a chance to recommend yet? Ooh, well, it's not beauty related, but probably my Nintendo Switch because I'm obsessed with Animal Crossing right now. Oh, you are? I am. And my island is five stars. (laughs) 
<laughs> my island is five stars. So yeah, I've been I've been obsessed with my Swift. It's really fun. It's funny the things we get obsessed with in quarantine. I know. I'm on to Scrabble. But... Scrabble. <laughs> That's a word I haven't. The heard online in a Scrabble. Long time. Oh, they have online. Oh my god, old school. The app. The app, there's a Scrabble app. I'm a scrack addict. <laughs> I tell everyone, like, I'm on it all day. It's terrible. <laughs> What's your most unpopular opinion? Ooh, this is, y'all gonna give me canceled, honey. Y'all gonna give me canceled. <laughs> My most unpopular opinion, I feel like when it comes to beauty, a lot of people brag about being self-taught. Like, a makeup artist. And I mean, that's something to be proud of, but I don't think that necessarily like puts you ahead or I don't think that necessarily like sets you apart in a way because like most of us didn't go to makeup school either. So I don't think that's necessarily like a badge of honor, if that makes sense. I guess that's why it's unpopular because <laughs> I went there. Yeah. But yeah, but I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that, but I see that a lot. Like why do people keep clarifying that they weren't taught? Like none of us were. And what's your next goal career-wise? We know Forever Mood is going to be expanding. We hear that. And what else is happening for you? So Forever Mood is a lifestyle brand. And the candles are our hero product, but it's not going to be the only thing we carry. So hopefully in the near future and in the long term, I definitely see us getting into traditional fragrances. My first original love and I would love to just expand more in the lifestyle category of products. Just basically things that will just make life easier for anyone. You know, like things that mm-hmm. are self-care related things that are just like, wow, this is really helpful right now. This is really convenient. So yeah, I, I definitely would say yeah. just expanding on the lifestyle category of products. Mm-hmm. Are you going to get a sick air okay. freshener for your new sick ride? Like a forever mood car freshener? I would love that. I, put, I actually, I was actually so mad that when I turned in my other car, because I did a trade-in and it had all my old car fragrances and I forgot to do the switch. You know, oh, when shoot. you get a new car, uh, you do the switch, you take out all the registry, the paperwork, the stuff yeah. in, the, in the trunk. I, I took out everything, but my car freshener. It's gonna have. Oh, well, so you sad. can get a new, get a new forever mood one. I can picture the candle like flattened, so it's one D, and love then it, it smells like the candle. I would love that, honestly. Yes. I would live to have right? my scent in my car. Absolutely. If I could burn candles in my car, I would. <laughs> I really would. I put it right in the cup holder. I put it right in the cup holder. <laughs> in the cup holder. That's amazing. Just don't take a sip by accident. <laughs> Jackie, thank you so much. We're so so excited for you. We can't wait to smell the candles. I think they're going to be on their way to us soon. And uh, can't wait to see what's next. We really appreciate your time too. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you you for having me. Of course. Thanks for listening. You can find details on every product mentioned in today's episode, along with our exclusive promo codes on our blog at breakingbeautypodcast.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for our newsletter. Every episode will be delivered directly to your inbox so you won't miss a single thing. And get social with us. Let us know what you think of the episode. You can follow us on Instagram at breakingbeautypodcast. 
And did you know we also have a private Facebook group? Just search Breaking Beauty Podcast chat room. You can even leave us a voicemail at any time with questions or feedback at 1-844-227-0302. And don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast fix. Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, where you can show us some love by writing a review. See you next Wednesday. 